morning. I grew up in a congregational church, which was part of the denomination, the United Church of Christ, in a small town in New Hampshire. The church was started in the late 1700s by Puritans and was housed in a white clappered steeple building on a hill. Especially when surrounded by fall colors, it looked straight out of a New England calendar. I had a strong sense of community there, sang in the junior choir, which I loved, attended vacation Bible school, and taught Sunday school by the time I was in high school. But it had a dark side for me, too. Loyal to its Puritan roots, every Sunday had a very heavy focus on sin. With my literal child's mind, I had a sense of feeling ashamed simply for being human and of a God who was watching and just waiting for me to mess up. I first went to a Unitarian Universalist church in Anchorage, Alaska. I went at the suggestion of a co-worker who was a member. It was a cozy little church with such relevant topics addressed in the pulpit, but I especially wanted to be there because of the respect it afforded gay people. I had just come to Alaska straight out of a very liberal, liberal arts women's college in Massachusetts, where both the college and the small city in which it was located had an incredibly strong gay women's community, and I had had my eyes open to gay rights, to women's rights, and then found myself in culture shock in the amazingly beautiful but rather chauvinistic and non-progressive last frontier. When I moved to Arizona, again I had someone, this time my roommate, to recommend a UU church, a vibrant, growing, and bursting at the seams congregation in a suburb of Phoenix. I didn't quite settle in there like I have here. I guess in a way I just saw myself as passing through Phoenix while in graduate school, and it was a congregation largely geared towards young families. But I gained something very important there. I gained a view of a very loving God, a kind of view that celebrated life and humanity. When I moved here from Arizona, I had actually thought I might go back to the United Church of Christ. I had learned by then the denomination's social views had become very much in line with what I found so noble about the UU Church. They are now the first mainline Protestant denomination to sanctify gay marriage. And there was a lot that I missed about my Christian background, to which I could return with my gentler view of God. But naively, I was surprised to find in a city this size not a single congregation existed here. In New England, it seemed every little town had a UCC church. However, one of the first things I had done when considering moving here was to check online to see if there was a Unitarian Universalist church. Knowing nobody in Shreveport, coming here to the welcoming warmth of this congregation on Sundays was the highlight of my week. I still did some casting about for a Christian church, visiting other churches, but I often sat in the pews with several of my sensibilities deeply offended. Also, I just plain old found this church the most friendly. And this was probably a bigger factor than maybe I should admit, but from attending different UU churches, I had decided that I really liked UU men, and that panned out for me here. (laughs) (laughs) 
for those of you who don't know, I, I met my husband Rick here. And then, of course, there's the women too. Barbara Gerald and Susan Caldwell and so many others are among the women I admire most in the world. And I don't think there's a choir anywhere on earth where I could have so much fun with a more wonderful, supportive group of people. And I could go on, but I'm sure my time is up. Thank you. Terry McNeil is going to speak next, and y'all need to know tomorrow's his birthday. How about that? Another year older. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'd like to, I'm grateful and thankful that I'm able to share a little bit about my personal journey and why and how I came to All Souls and why I continue to come here. I've always been a questioner all of my life. And when I look back and realize as a young man, even as a child, I had a lot of questions about life. But I didn't have the context or the maturity at that time to really understand what was going on. There were just questions in my mind about a lot of different things. And I was raised in a rather conservative and basically fundamentalist environment, small town in northeast Texas, and uh, was not a lot of progressive thought there. So the, my friends, even growing up, uh, the, the friends that I had that I thought were, in my mind, of what progressive thinking were, were very few and far between. But I remember growing up in the church, and, you know, these questions would come to me. Why are certain things happening? You know, I would see the leadership of the church doing things that I questioned. I mean, as a young man, I didn't really understand all of that, but there were just uncomfortable feelings about things that were being taught from the pulpit, and then the actions that I saw were not always aligned with that. So, And um, I remember, you know, as a teenager, it kind of came to a head, I guess, I knew some of my friends and what they were doing on Saturday night, and I saw them in Sunday school the next day. And I was always one that took my belief system pretty seriously. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's just the way you're supposed to, to be. But not everyone held that same view, apparently. And at that point, at the age of about 16, I just dropped out, totally dropped out of church. And uh, just kind of began a search. And um, it was later, when I was about 20, I got engaged with another person who was a friend of mine at work. And, you know, I entered a different, more progressive church. It was, uh, uh, and it pacified me for a while. But once again, that gnawing hunger returned. And those questions would return. You know, I remember asking myself, what is this all about? Is there, there's got to be more than this, you know. What's this all about? And so from that point, that was kind of a springboard for me to, to go into some personal study. I just started reading everything I could about philosophy and into metaphysics and things of that nature. And um, I began to see that, you know, this questioning was leading me to something much greater. And that's one thing I see about All Souls. It's a place where you can ask questions. The great questions of life that we hear Every you know, Sunday that Barbara talks about, we welcome the great questions of life. 
We're able to do that here. And so I appreciate that. And so from that point, you know, I was kind of an isolated type person. I figured I could figure it out on my own. When I met my wife, Danette, she kind of helped me to realize that there's more to it. You don't have to be a Lone Ranger. There's a sense of community that's important. And she had been involved in spiritual community in another state. And, and so she finally convinced me, you know, it's, it's not bad to be in community. There are other people that can help you and help you come to a better understanding of yourself and the world. So she kind of dragged me, I guess, here to all souls. But anyway, I'm glad she did because uh, I find that this is a place of community that I appreciate very much. And, you know, we're, it, it, we're all in this together, and the, the community is very important. We face so many problems in our world today, you know, the, and there's a great shift of consciousness going on in our world today. And the old paradigm is crumbling. It no longer adequately serves our needs. There's a new energy that's coming into the world. It's a new consciousness. In order for us to, to work with that, we're going to have to work together because there's, there's synergy when people come together and we can learn from each other and we can put our best ideas on the table and come up with viable solutions. I'll paraphrase Einstein. He said the significant problems that we face today cannot be addressed with the same level of thinking that created them. So we're all being called to evolve and to step up to a higher realm of consciousness and a higher realm of thinking. And I think in, at this place, we have that uh, opportunity. Also, is a place of community, and it's a place where we can learn to, to integrate our ideas and become more focused on the problems that we face in our local community, even in our personal lives, and in the world at large. What if we took the best ideas of science, religion, even politics, psychology, just name the discipline, anything, if we took the best ideas of all of these disciplines and we were able to construct a workable model that we could use to address the problems that we face, we could address the four pillars of civilization, we could which are government, science, religion, and culture. Just think of the impact we could have as we learn to work together in harmony to address these problems. We are an evolving species, and we're being propelled by an evolutionary impulse that calls us, calls us to the greater good of all humanity and to the planet. We're called to live life in an open universe, which includes much more than just ourselves. To live this life means that our personal motives to awaken, to learn, and to evolve ourselves individually is replaced by the realization that it's about the awakening and the learning and the evolution of all of us, of all of humanity, and of all living things. And so All Souls is a place where we can awaken. It's a place where we can grow and learn. It's a place where we can evolve. And that's the reason that I continue to come here. Thank you.
I'm gonna move this a little bit. Is that better? Okay. I was raised Presbyterian, had a life crisis, ended up in a psych hospital, and God bless Tom Neal, who called me on that Saturday, the day after I got out, and said, you need to come to my church because the women are doing cakes for the queen. I said, I've never heard of that. And he said, well, it's the study of the goddess religion. I said, wow, I've never heard of that. But what I've got's not working, so I'm coming. So when I came through the doors of All Souls, there was, uh, and there still is, there are women who embraced me, who uh, were willing to listen to my, uh, my little pity, and who challenged me on, you need to find a spirit, a spiritual self here. Nobody had ever told me I needed to do that. The Presbyterian said, just spit out what you're supposed to and you'll be fine. So I joined everything they had here to find out about different theologies and different ideas. And there was Saturday morning on the meditation deck that's outside of this door. We had a group that met. Somebody would bring up a subject and we could discuss if we wanted or just listen if we wanted. Well, I came early had my cup of coffee. It was a beautiful morning, cool breeze. I said, oh, I'm going to sit out there because I like that view. So I did. I sat on the deck. I was listening to the birds sing, and I was listening to the wind going through the trees. Life was good. I had a job. My children were taken care of. (sighs) I'm just going to take care of me. Eyes closed being open to the spirit, the words that I had heard. I knew that this was sacred ground because the founders of the church had told me that the Caddo Indians call this sacred. So I was sitting and listening. And then I heard footsteps. And I said, well, the others have come. Opened my eyes, looked around. No one was there. Hmm, I thought. I didn't move. I wasn't scared. Whole new experience for me to have something like that. I heard whispers. And then I heard one voice. And the voice said, this is our sacred ground. You need to take care of it. Lump in my throat, tears in my eyes, had never experienced anything like that before. And I said, I will. And so for 20 years, I have been here. Sometimes I disagree. Sometimes I get angry and frustrated. But I am here because I promised I will. Ooh, isn't that that great? Wow. Wow. 
So when you come on a work day and you see Betty just kind of meandering off a little bit, don't worry. I am in that place taking care. I'd like you all to join me on a vision that I had in this, in this sanctuary, the thought of seeing visions and the thought of hearing the Spirit speak to me was such a new experience for me. I don't know where you are on your journey, but I want to tell you about mine. So, get nice and comfortable, put your feet on the floor. Lean back on the pew, take a deep breath, let it out slowly. Close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. Feel yourself relax. There's no thinking that you have to do. Just listen. It's a story. I'd like you to see the picture that I saw. We have the opportunity to come up to the front of the church, see the beauty that's through this window, meet other people that are up here. And one day, I saw that when people came up to greet me, they didn't just greet me, they came through me. I saw that each one who came had a hue, a color, of who their spirit was, blues and reds, violets, pinks, greens, rich chocolate browns. They were coming towards me. They were accepting me. They were giving me the look of love, of caring. And as each one came, they went through me. My color is green. I'm a beautiful sage green. And I saw that in my heart, a piece of my green was going into them. And a piece of their color was coming into me. Till my heart looked like a mosaic of broken glass, shining with sunlight, glowing out of my body. I had never known that I could have that kind of acceptance to feel that kind of love, to know that even at my worst, people still like me, and that I would always be welcome here, changed my life. So when I come on Sundays and I see you coming to me, I see your hue. I see your color. I see you come through me. I look behind. I see you have a piece of my green. And I look down and see a piece of you has been left with me. That is the reason why I keep coming to this church. That is why I encourage you to come. This is my spirit home. The people here make my heart sing.